And uh, so, yeah, I'll build him cat forts sometimes. And that keeps him busy for at least like 30 minutes. Sometimes. That is wow. so cute. <laughs> what is he doing there? He, I toss little paper balls in there. Like I'll, oh I'll crumple God. a paper and he'll, you know, and he'll run around. In fact, I have like a handful of paper balls right here. Oh and <laughs> I got really good during the pandemic when we, when doing like all the Zoom shows and stuff, like I'll have one in my hand. And then I can like throw it without really looking like I'm throwing it. I got all kinds <laughs> of <laughs> or like I'll have a pile of cat treats underneath a box. And like if he goes in there, it's it's so like wily e. coyote, it's Elmer Fudd to the max. Like is there a stick? Is there a stick with a string and you just like pull it and trap them? <laughs> yes, yes, literally, yes. And so he'll go in there and trigger it and it'll fall on him. And then he'll take <laughs> <over>. <laughs> and then for like 10 or 15 minutes, he'll just sit there and think about what happened. <laughs> oh, our cats. I, our cats. I get all my best ideas from Looney Tunes and, uh, and that's it. So <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. Oh my God. It's funny. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I love Hell yeah. that. I'm <laughs> mom. Yeah. Good Thank cat you. Mom. And it's funny just because like you could throw the thing, the papers, and it's off camera, so they can't people can't really say you're doing that. Yeah, they you're can't still, like entertaining like, him. I have the steadiest throwing arm now. Like I feel like I can <laughs> launch it across my apartment and you won't see my body move at all. <laughs> it's like a skills. weird flex, but you know, but okay. All, did you pick up any skills during the pandemic? Yes, I can throw a paper ball, you'll never know. <laughs> I am oh, secretly yeah. entertaining a cat in the distance at all times. Like <laughs> In fact, when he was a kitten, okay, this was, he's 10 years old now. And I, and this was back in Chicago, but when I first got him and I was working from home and I was trying to get work done, like other creative things I had to come up with to get, to keep him entertained. I would, I learned one time he loves feathers. So I had this really long peacock feather and I'd try to play with it, but like I had to focus. So I went to the grocery store and you know how you can get those like birthday balloons they've got helium they float yeah, you know absolutely so i i sometimes got in the habit of like a couple times a month i'd go buy just random like a like a happy birthday balloon or whatever they had that was cheap and tie a feather to the string so it would just float around the house and he would try to get it and i didn't have to do anything <laughs> that is genius that is really awesome that is really awesome i can't wait to try that with gizmo did oh, he ever, oh did, did he ever pop a balloon uh yes he has and it freaked him out but it didn't, <laughs> he, he was like but he so he does have like a little bit of wildness to him because he's part <laughs> spangle and so when something scares him his first reaction is whoa and then his second reaction his little ears go back and he gets mad and he's like i'm going to kill this even harder so like, <laughs> <laughs> like he had nice. a rivalry with this little cactus plant that i had for a while 
because he'd go over and he'd like get his little cat foot and he'd bap it and of course it would like hurt you know it would he thought it was biting him back and you'd see his ears and he'd get so mad at this cactus he'd be like how dare you bite me back and then he'd hit it and it would you know bite him and like he had a full-on feud with this cactus for like a year. I was like, you're never going to win, buddy. <laughs> you're never yeah, going to win. When he knocks off the counter, he'll win. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which he did. But it was like, he'd try to sneak up on it. I'd see him get like, Oh, in the wow. Realm of, That's awesome. Yeah. He'd start from across the room and he'd be looking at it and he'd stalk it like a wild cat. And I'd be like, it's, it sees you, Banjo. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> You're not gonna surprise the cactus. So. <laughs> that is so funny! Wow. Uh, with that being said, welcome to the Cat People Podcast, everybody. Woo! I'm just kidding. Welcome to Hypothetical Comedy. I am Funky Sam Medina, and I'm Athena Rodriguez, and we're here with comedian April Calger. What's up, April? Hi, you guys. Woo! Oh, I'm yeah. so excited to be on here. You guys are some of my favorite people. I love your comedy. Oh, oh, that's same, great. Likewise, same. likewise. Really enjoy you. We met you over the pandemic. Yes, it was, it was special. It was crazy. It yeah. Really was. yeah. 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 How is how is uh, how's life going for you these days? It's going good. It's going good. I feel like, you know, we've hit a, yet another new stage of life and um you know, I it's going really good though. I'm doing a lot of comedy and uh but I and I do a lot of art and yeah. I got to do yeah, and I, I got a new day job. And oh, nice. um, congratulations. Thank you so much. So it's going really good. It's It feels like a whole new chapter, basically. It's like, you know, it's a wild time in life. And I live in LA and I feel like LA, whatever's going on in the world, I feel like LA takes it like 10 times harder for some reason. So, and that... They're just yeah, in I can their own see bubble. that. There's just so many people there, and yeah, it just hits it hits a little bit harder, you know, because of the entertainment that's there and and the life that's yeah. there. Because LA lives a little faster than I think other people do. And everyone here is just like a little bit dramatic. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I can see that's, that. That's the main thing. Everyone just like if something is going on in the world, uh, we just take it to the next level. I feel like. So. <laughs> I'm glad that you. I'm glad you included yourself in there. Oh, I'm part of it. I am. <laughs> I am. If it's a problem, I'm part of that problem. So. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned uh, you mentioned Chicago. Are you from Chicago? Yeah, yeah. So I moved here from Chicago. I I I grew up in Springfield, Illinois, but I lived in Chicago for a long time. That's kind of where I started like my professional comedy career, and I uh, worked at Second City and did just tons of comedy there, and then. Um, and then I moved, then I moved to LA from there and I've lived here for about, uh, about six years now. So I'm, I'm, I feel enough of an LA person that, um, that like whenever I go anywhere else in the country, they're like, wow, you're, you've gotten kind of LA, you know, but then <laughs> <laughs> Chicago sees a little bit differently now. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, nah, but also I do have a fake tan and <laughs> Oh, that is so LA. That is so LA. Yeah, Right. But uh, but it's still I haven't been here. I've been here long enough that when I go other places, they're like, Oh, okay, you're kind of LA, but not long enough that people don't look at me and go, Okay, you're kind of Midwest here. So, you know. <laughs> wow. 
I wonder um, how people can sense that off other people. Like, how can you tell the difference if someone's kind of LA or kind of California or kind of San Francisco? Just a just the different mannerisms, probably the way people act and behave and talk. I need to get out more, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I need I to meet that. more people. Well, <laughs> one of the dead giveaways, I think, if you're from the Midwest, is if I mean, and this is out there already, but if you ever say, "Oh," like if you're walking by somebody and it's a small little space, oh, and you bump in and you go, "Oh," you know, I've heard that before from somebody yeah. else from Chicago, actually. But I think I say that too. Yes. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Oh, like, like, cause like, oh, like, oh, let me go your way or oh, sorry. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah, I or feel like know, I say that too. You know, you're like deep Midwest. If you, if you go full whelp, like. Oh, if see, it's I don't a, say that. You know, well, time to go. You know, <laughs> I say that. You I do? Say the you're Midwest? <laughs> no. You never told me. <laughs> she's a whelper well, i love that i'm an open she's a whelp i guess we have it all covered yep <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect see there you go you can never tell i love it uh, so you said that you got your professional career comedy career started in chicago uh what kind of comedy were you doing before you were like professional were you just like open micing in springfield well i really wasn't doing open mics but i started i mean i started doing stuff in childhood like I um wow I mean I started doing um a lot of like community theater and I was doing you know school talent shows so that's not professional but it was hilarious I remember one time this had to be like third grade we put on like a it was like the third grade play and we wrote it and made a musical and it was like instead of it being the grammy awards it was the granny awards and it was like mother goose and all her characters but we like did talent i don't know we did like i don't know we made it like kind of modern and tried to make it look like the grammy awards and i my role i was one of the three little pigs (laughs) (laughs) and um we made them like hip hop rappers. So wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That is so cute. Um, we were looking fresh in our like all pink sweatsuit, you know, and I don't remember any of the lyrics, but I know we rapped something uh that had to be so white. So like did you guys actually and- write the rap or was it like a song that you already knew? No, we wrote it, and, I, Whoa, and it had yeah, that's awesome. It had something to do with like you know the big bad wolf and like all our little houses getting blown down and stuff. And we thought we were so badass. Like we had backward hats <laughs> and like little pig noses and tails. And I do remember like the big finish on the rap was like we all were like rapping and stuff, and then we like jumped and turned around and then like wiggled our butts with the tails on it and thought we were <laughs> we thought we were hard we were like oh, yeah. <laughs> well i mean for third grade in chicago or in springfield illinois you guys were pretty hardcore yeah. <laughs> right yeah straight out of compton no uh, <laughs> it was fun so yeah some of my early stuff i mean it's just fun stuff like that but i you know, I'm, I'm such a ham. I like always looked for opportunities to do 
community theater and I took improv in like junior high and like and like that it was fun and and like you know that led to like weird fun little opportunities where I think we had some like junior high improv team and for some reason the local Barnes and Noble let us come do a performance in the kids book section and I'm like what oh my goodness. <laughs> like who let, who let us do that but we thought we were like <laughs> Okay. She used to be the the manager at the children's section. Yeah, <laughs> I was when totally let that oh, happen. I love you for that. That's amazing. I mean, it is the best section of the Barnes and Noble. So, not if you gotta work there. Not if you gotta work there. True. Very true. Okay. No, you probably gotta. I bet things end up sticky. You know. Oh, sticky, slimy. Um, <laughs> sometimes, but mostly broken. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Anyway, so you uh, performed at Barnes and Noble. Oh yeah, I performed at Barnes and Noble. And then I went through a time where I was doing like, before I really transitioned into doing just um, mainly comedy, I did like some, this is kind of more high school and college. I did some like indie horror films. I was like on the horror circuit for a while and that was fun, you know. Oh, and that's interesting. That's really cool. It was, yeah, it was fun. I did a lot of stuff that ended up in like local film festivals and things like that. And um I was part of the spring, uh, no, the Central Illinois Film Commission, which like anytime a big movie came to film in like any part of Illinois, Chicago, down the state, wherever, um, they knew about it and they'd, you know, kind of have us have a hand in it. And that led to some cool opportunities that are also kind of hilarious. But like, <laughs> I was in this documentary that ended up on like PBS and it was, it was spooky. It was about, it, it's a true story. Of course, it um, was called, I think the mysterious road to dairy. And it was about this woman in the 1800s that had like, you know, schizophrenia, but they thought it was demons and witches and stuff like that. Oh. And so I played Rhoda Derry and it was neat because I got to um, actually meet her, you know, her family. Like, obviously they're distant because it's, that was in the 1800s, that but so rad. I went to her grave and I saw the abandoned <gasps> mental asylum from the 1800s that she had been no. in that. So it was spooky. It was a really, it was like a cool project, very like indie, but they did a good job with it and it ended up <clears throat> in probably just local but it ended up on like pbs and stuff like that so that was fun that yeah. wasn't comedy but it was neat that's still like, then, like that's pretty cool it was neat it was a really fun project and um uh you know and we, we were filming like out in the woods and it was like oh my goodness it was neat it felt really cool it was a neat <laughs> project to be a part of it was spooky too because like um you know we would we'd go to the asylum and it was abandoned and we'd look around at it and like film some stuff in front of it and uh it was spooky I was like I don't know I'm picking up some vibes y'all yeah. like, <laughs> wow. oh I definitely have to have you on my new podcast about uh talk woo woo to me and that's where we oh. talk about supernatural and paranormal experiences definitely have to have you on that because oh, I want to hear you way more have, yes I have so I have another one that's bigger than that. I, you've got to have me on because uh, I'll just touch on this and then we can really get more into it on your podcast. Yeah. But I, I for a long time worked at a cupcake shop in Burbank here and right behind the cupcake shop, there's a house that performed animal sacrifices. Oh my God. And 
everybody in the neighborhood knew about it. You wouldn't suspect it though, because Burbank's this like sleepy, you know, peaceful, like, you know, white bread of a town. And, uh, but we, we were like, you know, right under the underbelly of some really weird stuff. And so then when we'd bake at night and there'd be like, you know, we'd be there till like 4 a.m. in the morning and stuff. There was some spooky things oh I gosh. saw. <laughs> and uh, that we'll, we'll call that a teaser trailer. Cause yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh my we'll gosh. save it for the next podcast, but that I saw some exciting. things. <laughs> and then when we'd have new people come, we wouldn't tell them and we'd <gasps> wait to see what they'd say. And everybody always saw the same thing. So, Oh, wow. That's cool. That's really good. Uh, like almost like a test, right? Yeah. To see, to yeah. See if you guys like, are tripping or if other people see it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, like, hey, we just saw this cat uh, in the back. Yeah, in the back. I'm like, oh, yeah, we see that every day. Oh, yeah, we see that. That's that's the thing. <laughs> oh, that's Charlie. We named him. <laughs> That's Charlie. <laughs> ghost cat. Ghost cats are so sweet, though. Yeah, we it's had a ghost sweet. cat one time. It was really weird. We were in the kitchen. We saw this. We saw our cat go around the corner, and then I went to go get her, and then she wasn't there. We both saw it. We both saw it, and then I looked for her, and she was asleep somewhere. So she Whoa. wasn't even, like around. Yeah, oh, we my saw God. that a couple of times. I think more than once we saw yeah. a cat that we there was no actually cat, cat there. Yeah. That is nuts. Sorry if you hear the background noise. Banjo's kind of like running obstacle <laughs> courses back there. It's all right. Banjo's too cute. I love him. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Just you. throw some paper balls. They'll be all right. I'll try. Yeah, I, got <laughs> I got one ready. Almost oh, that ammo. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to try not to move at all. Okay. Oh, I didn't even know Yay. you threw it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even move. Didn't even budge. Didn't even budge. <laughs> love um, the, the community theater, uh, how what did you like how was that in your life and like maybe what was your favorite role that you played in the theater Ooh. oh that's great um let's see with the community theater i and this is that was when i was like pretty young i was in like junior high and high school doing a lot of that and i did let's see we did some obscure stuff there's one called the phantom toll booth i was in that i i did a lot of like Spooky um, things. <laughs> yeah, except it was fun because even at a young age, um, I often would kind of end up with the like comedic relief, you know, so like uh, it just felt like it was always kind of in in my blood to kind of be that way, you know, so Phantom Tollbooth, I, I was in The Littlest Angel. Um, <laughs> what else? I i did do some other spooky stuff i i was in um you know and then in high school we had a thing called speech team i don't know if anybody else knows what that is you don't actually give speeches speech team is like competitive acting and okay this sounds really oh, i've never heard of that it's competitive acting <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so nerdy as these words are coming out of my mouth um but it was really neat and it was like um it was almost like you would go to other schools and like it almost was like a sport in itself because there were different categories like um like dda meant you were doing a dramatic duo acting that's where there's two people no props you get like um you know your start and end time is really you have to start right on time and end right on time and like you get judged there's a panel of judges that watch you and um HDA was like humorous duo acting. And um, that's where you have two people. 
OC is original comedy and that's where you have to write your whole thing and play all the characters and like it's very regimented I think you could play like up to 15 characters um and you get no props and like you know and these are like high schoolers doing this stuff and then one category that we won state so like that's my sports moment (laughs) 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 and and yet it's acting um but did you get a letterman jacket though did you get a letterman jacket i should i should yeah if i did i like bought it and sewed it myself no um (laughs) (laughs) uh we did actually get like trophies for this though so that's so nerdy but um uh, the thing that we won state for, it's called performance in a round. And I think you can have 15 minutes and the judges in the audience are in a circle around you and your whole team of people. I think you can have up to like 10, 10 actors and almost no props, very minimal costumes. And, um, and it includes music and everything. And we did a very shortened, we, we abridged, the nightmare before Christmas. And we made that into a stage play. And so you, because everyone's in a circle, you have to act in every direction. Like when you do something, you go around the edge of the circle and like, we'd know where the judges were and we'd like reach out and kind of like interact. And it kind of helps you build how you, you know, when now when I'm doing comedy and stand up, it's like, I do like riffing with the audience and I do crowd work. And I think stuff like that helped because you had like actual judges writing down critiques and numbers and you're like trying to play to the judges and stuff. And um, so that was really fun. We won state for that. And, um, you know, I being from the Midwest, obviously like everyone's super into football and like, you know, whatever. And, but it was nice because my high school, when we came back and had one state, like everybody gave us a super warm welcome and like we performed it for the school in an assembly and they like recognized us and I was like oh you guys care about the arts thank you you know (laughs) I love it that is awesome so that was fun that was a cool experience that's a nice experience as a theater kid I I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. have like, cause I was like also a theater kid, but I was more of like drama class in high school theater kid. Heck yeah. So yeah. that experience isn't quite as rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> People so. throw paper balls cool. at you. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a theater kid. I was a dramatic kid, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I still was a dramatic <laughs> adult. <laughs> I love it. So how did you go? um, How did you get an interest in comedy from there? Um, Like it had always been just kind of an underlying thing. I, my family always kind of liked that stuff. Even as a kid, my parents would be like, oh, let's, let's go see like a stand-up comedian at the comedy club. Or we would watch so much Comedy Central. I was like obsessed with all the late night. Yeah. I was obsessed with all the late night talk shows. Like I, loved Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien and you know I still love Fallon and um everybody so kind of also living in the Midwest I eventually when I lived in Chicago of course that's like a big city but where I grew up it was you know it wasn't a farm but like uh it wasn't that you know whatever (laughs) but I didn't have a bunch of neighborhood kids around and stuff like that I still had like tons of friends don't get me wrong but it was like you know, I wasn't, not that kids are partying all the time when you're like eight, but like I spent a lot of time, you know, I, man, those I think everybody, kids, man. 
<laughs> I totally get that. I totally get that. But I spent a lot of time watching, you know, Comedy Central and I was obsessed with Saturday Night Live and, you know, and I just remember watching this stuff and and feeling really connected with that. So the older I got, the more I was like, I feel like a part of that world already. And I had to seek it out. And uh, in Chicago, Second City was, you know, and still is one of the main places that everybody from Saturday Night Live comes from you know, and even if they don't go to SNL, just a lot of people started their careers there in an amazing way. So, you know, I went from being a kid that would memorize like every line of Dumb and Dumber and like Tommy Boy and, you know, the great outdoors and all this and to being like, yeah. Oh, I love love that movie. Like, I love anything that's, I call it boomer humor because like anything (laughs) with like, John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, you know, Bill Murray. Yes. You know, all those. Steve Martin. I love it all. The Jerk. Absolutely. Ghostbusters. Yeah, I'm obsessed. So I went from trying to like just memorizing that stuff as a kid. And I would, even as a kid, I would like write down, I would try to like transcribe the sketches that I saw on SNL. I'd be like, this is so funny. I'm going to write it out as a script. Cause you couldn't just go to the internet then. Cause it was like the right. idea. <laughs> so anyway, once I kind of was out of high school and, um, and working my way through college, I was kind of like, okay, let's try to make this happen. Where do I need to go? Because I think when you're young and you see people that do that kind of stuff, you have this idea like, oh, they got discovered, you know? Right. And, right. Yep. Right. And you don't, and then there's no roadmap that tells you what that actually means. These people didn't just like, they weren't like at the bank in the middle of nowhere in <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> like, oh my God, you look like you might be funny. Like, I'm going to do you want an HBO you. special? <laughs> Like, that's not how it happened. So I I knew that, but I was like, I don't know what this giant gap between where I'm at now and being discovered is. And I don't know that I, I still don't know if I know all the stages of that gap, but I knew I had to figure it out. And I was like, oh, Second City seems like the place. And that was just one of the most amazing chapters of my life. I, I, once I started taking classes there, I, I took classes and then I was a volunteer and then I um quickly started working there I got a job and then I was promoted like I started out working there in like student services so I was like I had taken so many classes at that point I was basically um because in their training center I was like almost like a guidance counselor for comedians you know at, like yeah, that's wonderful wow, that and it was cool. neat everyone would come in and they'd be like hey you know I'm the funniest person in my friend group. And I'm like, okay, well, that's that's a good start. And they'd be like, and how soon do you think I could be on SNL? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you're all up your brakes. <laughs> let's, let's calm it down. Let's manage expectations. <laughs> like, I don't even know if you're qualified to watch SNL. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, my mom thinks I'm very funny. And I'm like, okay. Oh my gosh, that is so cute. <laughs> you know it was just it was fun and uh so but I went I went pretty quickly from and that job was amazing I went pretty quickly from that I was promoted uh I became the assistant to the president like pretty quickly like she 
was an amazing woman. I thought it was very cool that a lot of the people running things were female and it was just neat and Hell we connected. Yeah. And um, so I, I became a, her assistant and then, um, you know, and then they let me take classes for free. So then I just literally took every class they had like voiceover clowning, so um, wow, you amazing. know, yeah. the writing program, the acting program, the improv program, uh it was fun it was like a really cool time in life so much great yeah so much uh, knowledge and just kind of like yeah just like every little every little aspect of it that's amazing every little thing stand up a lot of those skills that you learned the the clowning and all that that not only does it help you with you know acting and comedy but those can be applied to different parts of your life like just day-to-day business making clients and stuff like that you're so right. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah. If I ever come across someone who's like a little bit socially awkward and they're trying to like get better at talking to people, I actually say, yeah. I think improv could help you. Like you don't have to want to perform, but taking like even one improv class, I'm like, might help you just be more of like give and take in conversation or something like that. So mm-hmm. you're right. You're totally right. That is wonderful. Um, yeah. And that was, and it was neat. Also, while I was working there, I also was like performing a lot and I got to fulfill some of my dreams there where I wanted to produce more. And um, uh, I had a really great time working on some live talk shows there. I worked, I worked for about a year. This wasn't at Second City, but it was in Chicago. I worked for about a year on a live talk show um, called Talk Hard. And I was like a guest wrangler and like a segment writer. And um, that was fun. And then after about a year, year and a half of that, I put together a group of my own and we had our own talk show and we called it Real Talk Tonight. And I was co-producer and we had a team of 30 writers and, um, you know, I was the host and I had a sidekick and it was very Conan O'Brien style. Oh, wow. That's super awesome. Thank you. And that was where, fun. So that, where was, so that was the, fun. did you guys like uh, put that somewhere like to, to be able to watch? Yeah. We, so it, it was a live show that was at second city and one oh, of the okay, like, okay. little black box theaters, but we did film it and it was on, it's on YouTube. Um, but it was also, they had their own like TV channel, not TV channel, but it was like a channel subscription kind of thing. Kind of like Twitch. It was called giggity. And um, so oh, we wow. would air it. Yeah, we had like what we'll call a season because um, we did it like every Friday for, for like a, a little over a month. And um, and that was pretty cool. So we had a season on Giggity. Nice, Ooh. nice. So at this point, when you're transitioning into comedy and you're going to Second City and you're doing all this stuff, um, did you are you still acting or did you just kind of stop doing that? No, I, um, yeah. You mean now or at that time? Well, I mean, a little of both. Are you still doing it now? Yeah. Um, a little less, but less so. I'm mainly doing stand-up, but mm-hmm. I I do sometimes still do like cosplay comedy, which is still stand-up, but I'm kind of transitioning a little bit. I mean, I'll still do all that. We love to perform at like conventions, like the Comic-Cons and everything like that. But I I have kind of this vision for where what I'm trying to do immediately next and I'd like to write more sketch comedy and you know kind of have more of a I want to start a TikTok for that and maybe and I want to and I have a lot of friends that I you know have been 
in the cosplay comedy world with where we'd perform at like little places around LA or at these cons or during the pandemic, we, a lot of conventions went virtual. And so we would film stuff and then they would just stream it live. And that like blew my mind because what I was essentially doing instead of it just being stand up as these characters, it was more like sketch comedy. Like I did one of my characters I sometimes do is the evil queen from uh, Snow White. And okay. instead of just doing like straight up and I play her, like she's just this, like, you know, it's a lot of roasting. I roast audience <laughs> members. I, I love roasting. Oh my God. That's a whole other thing. Um, but I, you know, and when I play her, um it's like i roast all anybody from any disney movie ever or any villain ever but when i when we were gonna do it like in a in a stream version and we were pre-recording and i wrote it as more of a sketch i was like oh this makes sense i'll write it almost like it's a cooking show and she's gonna be doing these evil like these potions you know and the first one i did it was like you know the the recipe of the day was how to make a poison apple and I did like a green screen and I had real props in the front, like skulls on books. And it looked, wow. you know, and then my, my green screen background was just like an actual clip of from the animation of her evil lair. And it, it like was seamless with the props. And then like, uh, it just came together really well. And then I was like, well, let's go big with this. And like, you know, in like grade school, when people do those volcanoes and it's like, um you know baking soda and vinegar yeah. and it like bubbles over right yeah i i i was like let's do some of that and i had in these like very creepy looking beakers that were actually just halloween decorations i <laughs> i did i put baking soda in one of them and vinegar in another and i had an apple and some food coloring and um you know but it looks all legit and i'm i'm doing these jokes i'm like roasting other disney characters or talking about you know anyone from snow white and then i was like oh i can roast um food network people too or anybody that's like in a cooking show so she's just this bitch that's like you know evil but kind of fun she's kind of fabulous <laughs> and like you know but the whole time i'm talking i'm like mixing potion stuff and then the very last thing it like bubbles over and i cackle and whatever and like i was like oh this is this is like that's this crazy. is the kind of stuff that i could take it off of the live stage it doesn't just have to be regular no. stand-up and it kind of just opened up my, my eyes to some new ideas. And I was talking it over with my boyfriend. His name is Chance. And um, he's really, he's also, he's an artist and a performer and stuff. So, um, you know, he's really good at the marketing side of things. And he's like, you should figure out how to film these and then like have some of it available on social media, like pre-record a bunch and then you could you know and the plan is to kind of either have a tiktok and an instagram maybe all the social media but then have some of the content that's only available on like patreon or something like that oh, and that's a good idea you yeah. know and do some of the behind the scenes because it is hilarious when you see these videos and it's just like you know the cowl of the neck is actually just made out of like poster board but you can't tell <laughs> unless you see the clips of me stapling it to a graduation cape which is what yeah. i use you know and um it's or like you know the little thing yeah. that comes over her head i just used the pants like like a legging like a black legging i just <laughs> snipped it and pulled it over my head and at first it's like 
crotch forward and I'm like I really should have washed these before I did this like you know <laughs> stuff like yeah stuff like that or even be, you with like a green screen behind you like this actual green screen <laughs> yeah you know and so yeah. like I'm like okay if I had a finished product I can put like short clips of that up on the TikTok and then if I had a Patreon they'd get the full video they'd get the behind the scenes you know stuff like that so that's kind of some things I'm working towards and um yeah some of my other new characters that I'm trying to write for, I mean, I've been doing Robin for a really long time. Robin, I've from seen Batman. pictures of you doing Robin before. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love that. It's the literal least sexy um, cosplay anyone could ever do. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like, I stuff a sock and have like a tiny little boy dick, you know? And um, well, I know I'm, that. <laughs> yeah, I do. And like, <laughs> I mean, hey, if I'm going to come out there wearing like... Well, I think just... Robin's excited to be here, you guys. Yeah, right, you know? Um, and when I was performing at a bunch of live places, which we still do, but I would change the size of my little fake dick depending on what the audience was. If it was like... Oh, more raunchy night... audience? Yeah, I'd have a bigger one. And then if it was like... <laughs> <laughs> and then if it's like a more classy audience, you make it more subtle. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, right. that's like, that's really that's really um smart. Uh, I like the witch you're talking about. I mean, everything that you do, um, uh, but like the witch specifically, that's really um all the different things that you learn wrapped into one. It's 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 stand up, it's improv, it's character, it's props. Like that's amazing. Yeah, I really love that idea. I really hope you get all of that through because I can't wait to watch it. Thank you, thank you. I'm also working on a. Uh writing the character i've got the i'm i've got the costumes already but i'm writing for the hamburglar you know from wow, McDonald's. Yeah, oh that's awesome and um the chester cheetah from cheetahs because i i made that costume for halloween so i'm like i should just write jokes for this you know oh, so yeah. i mean you have it you might as well yeah might as well you might as well so I like it. I and then, it. hey, if you guys ever come up with characters, I know I'm going to want to collaborate with people. So if you're ever interested, let me know. Oh, I'm interested. She's you have us on board. Let's let's transition back. So you're you're the assistant to the president of the of Second City in Chicago. And then how do you get from there to to L.A.? Well, I started doing things like, you know, I got like a couple commercials that I did in Chicago and was just kind of feeling like maybe I was starting to hit a ceiling there which you know isn't true I'm sure there's always more that one can do I try to be careful about that because it's like there's so much to do in Chicago I never want to say oh you've, you've done it all but it just right. started being I've always wanted to move to LA that's been like a childhood dream I mean in all the cartoons and movies everyone cool is um in LA <laughs> 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 you know it's like yeah. Absolutely. Everyone's riding around in convertibles and sunglasses down oh, the Sunset yeah. Strip. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I want that. So <laughs> I'm sure being a Midwest kid, though, you do dream about California, too, you know? You, yeah, you know, it's like the coolest place. Everyone's on skateboards. I'm like, no way that can be true. And then I got here and it is true. So uh, <laughs> everyone's on skateboards. <laughs> right? That I saw reality. It, it is. I saw like a 70-year-old man on a skateboard the other day. And I was like... <laughs> You're like, right LA. On. Oh, man, right on. I see you. Yeah. Probably the same guy <laughs> on a skateboard she saw as a kid in a TV show. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> He's the reason I moved here. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but so I, you know, things were going so great in Chicago that it was really hard to um, 
you know, break away from that. I mean, when you work in that close of a place with that many comedians, it's like having 400 best friends, you know? So it was a big deal. It was a really, really big deal, but I just knew I had to go. So I, um, I basically moved with nothing but my cat and, um, a bag full of stuff. And I didn't, I, I had a really good plan. I had, studied the maps of the streets and I had already like I'm the kind of person that I'll have like a google doc that'll be like okay here's where I need to go for this this and this and this but I only came to LA once before moving here like one time and I was like that's it I love it this is what I'm doing I kind of mapped out where I wanted to be and then I moved here and I stayed in an Airbnb for um like money was very tight and Airbnbs are cheaper than a hotel, but still like you're just hemorrhaging money. And I had a rental car and a Airbnb. And I think I did that for seven days. And within that time, I was able to find a car, an apartment and kind of locked down some income. And I was like, it took, so, you know, it took a while to settle in, but I managed to, it was like the most stressful. I think maybe it was nine days total um but that's incredible it, nine oh, days yes it was the most stressful nine days of my life. <laughs> like, i bet those nine I days you I, were sweating oh sweating yeah <laughs> Woo. uh and on top of that like back when i lived in chicago like everybody smoked cigarettes you know outside the comedy clubs and whatever and so like at that time i was a smoker and i when i moved to la i was like oh you know i kind of get the vibe that not as many people like people smoke weed but they just nobody anywhere was smoking cigarettes and it was like well it'll be healthier if i quit and so on top of that nine days of trying to like find that i was like this is the perfect time to like quit quit smoking and then i (laughs) oh while you're you're stressed out yeah that's a great time (laughs) (laughs) right i could think of a better time to quit at all yeah what a great plan but it didn't work out it did work out and um i was on like a super tight budget so like everything i owned was for ikea because i didn't bring any furniture with me you know everything i had in chicago was just like hand-me-downs or whatever so i started completely over wow I didn't have a car, you know, but I found a convertible and it's a Miata. Oh my goodness. It's not fancy, but it's like a nineties Miata. And, um, it was like, it was only like 5,000 and compared to other cars that was like pretty cheap. So I was like, Woo, all right, living the dream. I'm already riding around in a convertible with sunglasses on. (laughs) And that was all you, that was all within the nine days that convertible too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Man. that is great. So, if you didn't have a car, how did you get here with your cat? Did you fly? I flew. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess you can fly with an animal. I didn't really yeah. think about. You can. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can. You have to pay like I think you have to pay for a seat for them. You know, okay. or or at least a fee because he didn't get his his own seat. He was just in like a soft carrier, and I had to keep him at my feet. Oh, you're able moved. to keep him with you. That's good. I yeah, thought he'd be like I, in baggage or something. No. No, and that is an option and it costs less, but, and I'm sure most of the time that's okay, but I've heard horror stories. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That. No, you want your cat so, with you at all times. Oh my God. Yeah. So, and I'm absolutely. so crazy about my animals that like, you know, I needed him at my feet and, um, <laughs> and that also went kind of badly. Um, <laughs> it was, I'll, I'll just tell this story quickly, but I actually moved on Halloween day of 2015 
And um, I love Halloween. It's my favorite day of the year. And I thought people, you know, everywhere would dress up in costume no matter what they were doing. So I dressed up as a banana. I just had one of those big banana costumes. <laughs> That's literally how I arrived in LA, dressed as a banana. Like, <laughs> and nobody else dressed up. Everyone looked at me and like hated me instantly. They're like, this is weird. Like you're kind of, you're kind of sus. Like, why are you on the plane like this? And um, so I'm in this big banana costume and I have banjo and a carrier at my feet. And he starts kind of freaking out. I think he was on, I think maybe we put put him on like Benadryl. So he'd be like calm during Nazi, the flight, yeah, which you're yeah. allowed to do. That they recommended. probably want you to do that too. <laughs> Oh yeah. And so, but he had a reaction to it and part way through the flight and like, I'm in the middle seat and there's this guy next to me, you know, a stranger and, um, I'm in the middle seat and Banjo starts freaking out and I'm like, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. And then he like craps his pants so bad. Like Banjo, it it smelled so bad. My poor cat just like totally pooped his carrier and it was the worst. And I, the guy next to me, I was like, oh, I feel so bad for him. But I'm like, I have to do something about this. And so I I like go to comfort him and I'm like petting Banjo. Like I, I unzip his little carrier just a little bit. And so um, get your hand and then, in, right? Yeah. Right. So I get my hand in. But cats are just relentless. So so like he with just that much open, he gets his head out. And I'm like, okay, <gasps> no, you can't come all the way out. And I'm holding him and then like little by little he'd squeeze the rest of his body out and by the end of it he i'm totally clutching him in my arms covered in poop up against my banana i'm (laughs) i'm like i am like a shit stained banana okay (laughs) well in your defense uh sometimes bananas get those little brown spots yeah you would be super right I did get him back in the carrier, but I was like, I was literally moments away from losing that battle. Like I was oh, this wow. close to having to having a poopy cat loose on an airline. Like, oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> wow, that would have been insane. And then, like, also like a week later, so I'm like, you know, or I guess nine days later, I'm moved into my new apartment and I didn't have a TV. I didn't have money for that yet. So I got a radio, which is so old school and weird, but like <laughs> I got a radio so that like when I'm washing dishes or doing whatever around the house, I could like listen to music. And, um, on one of the radio stations one day, I'm, I'm standing there kind of just putting my little house together and whatever. And I hear some of the DJs and, you know, they tell funny stories between stuff. And one of them started telling the story about being on a flight recently and they're like someone had a cat and it was covered in poop and all this and i'm like and and they were talking about it and they were like oh yeah it was like halloween day and i'm like oh my god they're telling <gasps> stories about me on the radio like i'm new to la and I'm, <laughs> oh my god. I'm like pissed off a radio dj and they don't know who i am so <laughs> Whoa. oh wow you were famous before you even landed yeah, yeah. there you go amazing in- that's an incredible story it was <laughs> the banana. Oh the my banana. God. The poop-covered banana. Like, <laughs> welcome to LA, everybody. Welcome Dream to do LA. Come true. Yeah. Speaking of poop-covered uh, banana, uh, you're also an artist. I've seen your art. I'm a fan. Yes, you oh, just okay. had an art gallery recently too. 
Yeah. Thank you so much, you guys. That's so sweet. I, I did have, um, I am an artist and I do have work in galleries sometimes. And I just recently had my own solo show, which means it was all my work. And, um, it's, Oh, thank you. It's my second one I've done. The last one was in 2018. And, um, it was, this one was really tough to prepare for because I, I, I was like, Oh my gosh, if I'm going to get enough art done for this show, I need to stop accepting comedy bookings because I, at the time was doing two or three a week on top of working. And, um, I needed to have like 50 pieces done for this gallery show and life just kept coming at me. And I, um, you know, and then like about a month and a half out, I was like, I don't really have very much done for this show. So I'd be like, I need to stop accepting bookings. I'm going to stop. And then someone would call to book me and I'd be like, yes, I'll absolutely do that show. And then I'd be like, Damn! Oh. <laughs> you know, and this happened every time. And I was like, Oh, I just love both of these things so much. How can I, you know, so I did have to take a little step back from accepting bookings and which was just one of the hardest things, but I buckled down and I got so much work done. And, um, you know, even leading up to the night before my reception, which is like the big party that you throw at the gallery, um, I still was trying to do, I was trying to finish like, <laughs> this is insane. I was trying to finish seven pieces of artwork between getting off work the day before and when I needed to be at the gallery the next day and like just last minute hang up the last few ones. And I pulled an all-nighter but I think I was up for, by the time my party started, um, I, I had been awake for 36 hours oh, and, okay. um, <laughs> you know, I don't oh. recommend that to other people, but no, I probably yeah. shaved like a year off of my life, but it was worth it, you know, <laughs> and it was really well attended. A lot of friends of mine are, um, just amazing artists and I, I am really plugged into the art community here. And, um, and it was neat because a lot of people from LA and the Burbank community and stuff like that know my art from different gallery shows or different things. And so, um, a lot of really amazing people came. I, my boyfriend and a lot of our friends are like professional animators. So just some, just some of the most amazing animators showed up and and that was really touching so um it was a su successful show almost everything sold and then i um it also led me to like i took professional photos of everything and i'm about to launch a website where people can buy my prints so Yay! wow that's amazing that's going really good thank you yeah. and some of that is um also, I'm I'm also going to start working on a children's book. So, and oh some of it is inspired by that artwork. That is awesome. Oh my gosh. That is awesome. Thank you guys. How um, exciting. Thank you so much. It's a, it's a lot of work and there's a lot going on, but yeah, um course, but, but that's just how it's got to be. I kind of like having like a thousand things. So <laughs> it's funny because it goes back to the second city, right? You took a thousand yeah. different classes and you, you know, as yeah. an adult later on in life, you have your hands in a thousand little buckets or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's true. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, I'll, I'll do a thousand things, but if I'm only doing 999, it just doesn't feel like enough, you know, <laughs> <laughs> is art something you've always done since you were a kid? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I also that started very early for me. I 
I always loved drawing. I think all kids love drawing. I, I don't know why people ever grow out of that, but um, yeah, that's always been a big thing for me. In fact, when I was really little, I would draw all these drawings that were just terrible because children are terrible at art, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they just are. I love it. Um, but I would draw all these drawings and then I would go through and price them. I would put like masking tape and I'd be like, this one's five cents. This one's 10 cents. And then like, I knew my dad would go to work every day, but I didn't really understand what anybody's jobs were. I just, I think in my head, I pictured it as this like marketplace, like in Aladdin, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Where people just go like prance around and just have a good time. Yeah. I just figured they're just somewhere selling stuff. That's not what he did. It was like a business <laughs> job. But like, um, so each day I would hand my dad a stack of my drawings that were priced. And I'd be like, dad, since you're heading out to work, if you could sell these for me while you're working, like that would be great. And then, <laughs> and then he would come home and like, just whatever change he had in his pocket. Like, I didn't know how much Right. I had priced things. Once it's gone, it's gone. And he'd come home and jingle his pocket and there'd be change. And he'd be like, he'd be like, oh, I sold them all. And he like the louder the jingle, I'd be like, oh, daddy, we did good today. You know, oh my uh, gosh, I got, I got 80 adorable. cents for you. I got 80 cents right here. Yeah. Here's 80 cents. You made a lot of money. And then one day when I was much older, I was looking back on that and thinking, and I was like, oh, dad, that was so sweet of you to do that. And like, whatever like you know thank you for humoring me and i'm sure you just threw the drawings away and he goes no actually i have them all and he had a folder of that he had kept in his desk at work and it was all the drawings that i had sent oh. with him for. So, so he bought them yeah it was so sweet but as a kid i thought i was like this working artist selling and stuff out so in the crazy. world that's like your first art gallery in a way. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is. It's like little things like that. I think when you're, wow. you know, seven years old or whatever, six, seven years old, like that kind of like boosts your confidence and like, Heck yeah. you know, where I'm from, you know, in the Midwest, not that, there are art galleries and it is amazing and there is culture, but you don't look at it and go, you don't just go, oh, you're an artist. You could be an animator. Like there's nothing like that around there. So it's little things like that that help you think maybe I could reach for something a little out of my bubble, you know? Yeah, definitely. Out of the comfort zone. You yeah. are a master at that. Oh, uh, and I think you. that's what um, you were kind of referring to. You, you didn't hit the ceiling. You just became comfortable. And, yeah. you know, being comfortable leads to a little bit of complacency. And you're like, nope, I got to get into that discomfort. Right. That's where my creativity starts getting crazy. Yep. I got to yeah. get this pot into the fire. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, LA, LA, you know. <laughs> She's like, uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, my analogies are so extreme and violent. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to be able to buy some of your art because I saw oh. the pictures you uploaded for your, your exhibit and I was just like, oh, I love it all. You're yeah, so you, sweet. Thank you. You did a little tour uh, at the end of your at the end of your uh, art gallery, like a Facebook story or whatever. And I yeah. watched it and then I took my phone in there to the room for her to watch it too. I'm like, look at this, look at this. This is so cool. That's a dream. Oh, you guys That's are the coolest. You guys are the coolest. Thank you. I 
my style is very retro. It's like watercolor pen and ink. It's very retro. I love to do really whimsical. Yeah. I'm very, I'm a optimistic kind of person. So a lot of it is kind of these super happy um, creatures. You know, I've got somewhere yeah. like, you know, a giant octopus shaking some um, like pirates out of a ship or, <laughs> you know, I've got one where it's like kind of these really cute little versions of King Kong and Godzilla and they're kind of like destroying uh, Hollywood and um, I've got a whole series about Bigfoot and um, you know I like it's just all very whimsical so but I also experimented a little this time and I did some more like serious watercolor um, landscapes they've got a very retro 70s vibe and I went around LA and took pictures of all these like sunny little cute um storefronts and the thing that kind of hit me about that that turned out to be really cool and made me feel really good about the community is I would post about that and you know people from the community came and a lot of the people that own those businesses ended up buying the pictures wow. that I painted of their shops so oh that's, a really, that's awesome thank you there's a really cool um grocery store in Burbank that's on Magnolia and and it's like Burbank famous it's called Handy Market and it looks like it's right out of the 1950s and they you know they have their own butcher and they have their own uh everything and a lot of stuff gets filmed there and you know Jay Leno goes there all the time and like oh, nice. all the you know there's like some celebrities that go in and stuff but it's just like this kind of Burbank famous um grocery store and so I painted it because it's just such a neat looking building and um, someone bought it for the owner of the handy market and gave it to them as a gift so I was like oh this is this feels very full circle wholesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's wholesome it is yeah I love oh, it it's really cool that is so wonderful plus you kind of like it, it's almost like uh you paint a love letter to yeah, it, you know? it is. Yeah. I love, I think my favorite part of the LA region is Burbank. There's just, it's trapped in time. It's beautiful. It's, you know, I've, I, that's where I first went and lived. I'm now in North Hollywood. Um, cause it got a little pricey over there in Burbank, but, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sure North Hollywood's not far behind. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, but I love it all. And so, yeah, it did kind of feel like that whole part of my art show was what well, you're right. It is like a love letter to Burbank. So it was fun. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the first things I ever saw you in was uh, Amazon prime laughs after dark. Yeah. Yes. So good. Yeah. Thank what, was, you. what was that like for you? Oh, that was so cool. It was neat to be on that show. Um, it was, that is such an amazing group of people. And the the people who produced it were fun. And the host, her name is Luke Ashley. They've got different hosts now, but <clears throat> she was amazing. The way I really got um, into that, now they have these like, you know, giant auditions and, you know, tons of people go out for it. But the way, honestly, the way I got hooked up with that is I, I remember this was probably in like 2017. I was feeling like I was in a little bit of a slump and I needed something. I had been doing a ton of stand up, but I just needed a refresh. And I saw a like $5 workshop for this 
like little theater I'd never heard of. And they were <clears throat> covering improv and stand up and whatever. And I was like, I know I already know most of these things, but I'm just going to go to kind of like meet new people and whatever. And I ended up doing, I, I did an improv scene with Luke Ashley and we had so much fun on stage together doing one tiny little improv scene that she was like, Hey, if you, you do stand up. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, send me your clips. And we kind of talked and I sent her my clips and that's how I got in. That's how I got in. It's basically doing an improv yeah. scene. So, oh, wow. Um, that's awesome. Nice. I mean, she, she looked at my clips and also I sent her a lot of stuff from my, uh, talk show days when I was hosting and I would do like these long monologue segments of jokes and um the audition process has changed a little bit since then but um but that was really fun and I actually filmed with them for season one and two but when they filmed season one it hadn't been picked up by Amazon yet they were still um shopping it around and they they filmed like a lot more episodes I think than what eventually got picked up so a few people got cut from the first season and I was one of them and I, but I was totally okay with that. I understood. In fact, I, I knew that I could probably do better. And then they, um, but then when the second season came around, like we had just built such a good relationship that they were like, Hey, we're filming. We would love for you to be in this. Why don't you, you know, you'll come to the auditions and like, um, and then let's take it from there. So I came back for season two and they had already been picked up by Amazon at that point. And, um, and so the pay was even better this time around. Like, you know, <laughs> nice. I got paid, yeah, I got paid for both seasons though, even though Yay. that's how it works. Like you, you get paid for what you film, even if they don't use it. So like, technically I feel like even more a part of it than some of the people who just did one season, even though I only appear in one. Um, but it's such a good group. It's such a good group of people. And, um, you know, even then from then on out when they would film like the third or fourth season, I'd, I'd come and watch, you know, or kind of be there oh, awesome. when they were interviewing new comedians and stuff. So it was neat to be once you're in, you're kind of like part of the family. So nice. it was a cool experience. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a fun show. I was watching and stuff and yeah, and you were on there and that's awesome. And you yeah, it totally see like you're like uh your personality really shine through like and I Thank think that's you. why we were so excited about you because it was just like that seems like a cool person oh yes? you guys that's so nice thank you <laughs> absolutely that's so nice well when it comes to stage persona I know we all kind of like that's definitely something that you have to grow into and think about and it took me a little while to find that and um I think it, I think my stage persona is kind of just me plus a little bit more, but it's kind of this, like, it's optimistic. Um, it's, it's real. It's, uh, I kind of want my, me on stage is kind of just like, Hey, so we're all best friends and that's that. And now yeah. I'm every thought I had, you know, yeah. and I, I try to have it be like, if I'm hosting something, that kind of plays into the vibe of that. Like if I'm hosting, I want it to feel like a house party, you know? <laughs> I like that. And you <laughs> yeah, guys that is, do that too. That is a really good you atmosphere to, to have. Yeah. I think yeah. you guys do a really good job when you host things. It always feels like a kickback, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Feel... I love, I love hosting so much. It's so much fun. That was so kind of you to say. Yeah. You guys are both so good at it. I was going to say, uh, you could probably say your stage personality is yes. And. 
Yes, and um, you've done your homework. Like, yeah, that is that is it. That's Second City. It's so ingrained in me. But it is yes, and yeah. In fact, I I think maybe my like happiness and optimism is can be to an obnoxious level sometimes, and I'm okay with that. And I play into it. Um, and uh, but yeah, that is me. I think I have the personality. If I had to describe my personality in two words, it would be like camp counselor, where I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, kids, like, okay, team, let's go <laughs> capture the flag, you know? Yeah, don't leave it, anybody it, out. It feels authentic, Absolutely. and I feel like if you're aggressively positive, if it's authentic. <laughs> Anyways, welcome back, April. Sorry about the technical difficulties we had. That's all right. You guys are total pros. You fixed I it. <laughs> I don't know if uh, if the listeners will be able to hear it. recording stopped, but um, hopefully not. I don't think they do. I just told on myself. Anyway. <laughs> Bloopers. There we go. Right? Hell yeah. Um, so uh, we were wrapping up. We were talking about, you know, you doing laptop after dark and stuff like that. You did that. That was super fun. Um, did anything else that you have, like, coming up or any projects you're working on? Yeah, well, this isn't so much a project, but I have a fun uh, booking coming up. It's a, it's like a private show. And like, I had taken a little bit of time off since I got like, a was in a job transition and stuff. So I used that time to kind of work on new material and live like a normal life for like a couple months. And, and that's for me, that's where like a lot of new material comes from. So um, yeah, I've got, I've got some fun bookings. I'm doing some private shows, which is good because those usually pay pretty well. And, um, yeah, and it's, absolutely. it's good crowds. So yeah, I've got one that's the day after Thanksgiving. So that'll be like a Black Friday show. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. This won't be up by then, but I hope you had fun there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's okay. I'm not even really plugging it because since it's like a, it's like the for a private show. Yeah, nobody can. Yeah, it's like a Kiwanis Club kind of thing. So um, I don't, you know, I don't really have to promote it that much because it's got its own community. But um, and then other projects, kind of just getting that website up and yeah, absolutely. You know, but looking, I'm always looking for new ideas too. Also, with my new job, I'm working at. Um, CSUN, which is California State University, and okay. I actually get free classes for working there too. So, um, oh, so who knows what's on the horizon nice. for you? Yeah, yeah, right. I'm about to sign up for some more animation classes. So, um, not that I need more to do, but I am always needing more to do. So, I'm going to start uh, <laughs> taking some animation classes there, and it's something I've I've dabbled in, and I have taking classes at like the Burbank Animation Academy. Um, but CSUN's where my boyfriend got his degree in animation and how he got a job at The Simpsons. So, um, oh, wow, your cool. boyfriend to The Simpsons. Yeah, he, he's that been an animator for, he worked, he's not there currently, but he did work for them for about 12 years. He worked on the show and the movie. That's incredible. Because she said she grew up in Springfield. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. I didn't think about that. That's true. In fact, um, the Springfield that I grew up in actually had, I don't know if you guys are Simpsons fans, but like. Absolutely, yes, definitely. Okay. The Springfield I grew up in has a lake and it actually has a power plant on it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, after we started dating and I was telling him about this, I was like, this is wild that you're 
you know, everyone in Springfield is a Simpsons fan. We just are. And like, I was, I took him to visit Springfield, rented a boat and took him out on the lake so I could show him the power plant and just be like, look at it. Look at it with your eyes. <laughs> there it is. There's Mr. There Burns. it is. It was actually his birthday. I took him to see the power plant on the lake for his birthday. So... <laughs> Oh, what a great birthday. That's what a great did, you birthday. Get any, did you see any three-eyed fish in the water? <laughs> Blinky. <I know. laughs> yep. Oh, my God. That's so good. Yeah, you know. See, you're a fan. You're a fan. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, definitely. I love oh. the Simpsons. I've always wondered what state they were in because it's always been ambiguous. Springfield, because there's many Springfields. Yeah. And so it's always been very ambiguous. Right. You know what state they're in. Ask Matt Greening put out a statement once that, um, oh, where was it? Maybe, maybe like, I can't remember exactly. It might've been like West Virginia or something. He said it was, he said where it was, but I, even though he's like the absolute creator of the whole show, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like, spring, I don't know about that. Like, right. as if I know more, you but, um, rebut that statement. Like, yeah i could write like uh i could write a five page essay on why i think it's springfield illinois but it's technically not but he did at one point say in a statement that there are things in the show that make it seem like it could be any of the springfields so um oh, in a way okay that yeah the ambiguousness of it Exactly. So he did say that it's specifically mostly one, but I feel like in a way it's all Springfields, you know? I think it is. I think you're right because every person in Springfield has a reason why they think it's their Springfield, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much, April. It's been super fun talking yes, thank to you. you. Thank you, guys. I, you guys are so amazing. I, I have to thank you so much for having me on the podcast. You guys do great work. I appreciate your hypothetical comedy group um thanks for having me today and also on all the zooms i just had to put in here really quick that you guys are one of one of the awesomest people that helped me get through the pandemic like doing some of your shows and the hangouts and everything like i don't think you'll ever know how big of a help that was getting through that so thank you you guys meant a lot to me and you still do Thank, yeah, you. thank you. I definitely absolutely appreciate that. I'm so does Athena. That was so great. We love that. Hell yeah. Both of you guys and and your whole group of people. You know, I, I think you've touched more lives than you could know. Awesome. That's great. That's really that's really great. I appreciate that a lot. Um before uh before we get out of here, you want to plug your social media? Yeah, yeah, everybody come find me on social media and we'll be instant best friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's on brand. Okay. Um, on, uh, on Facebook, it's just under April Calger. So find me there. And then on Instagram, I've got two. I'm going to plug them both because why not? My my personal one and my comedy is all under Urban Cowger. So find me there. And I love then that name, by the way. Urban Cowger. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It feels it feels right. And then um my art page on Instagram is just at April Cowger. So find me there. And um I don't have the uh, my TikTok yet, but it'll probably be Urban Cowger. And then, hey, everybody, if you're looking to go find 
you know, some art prints. It's not up yet, but it will be aprilcowger.com. Well, Hell yeah. By the time this yeah. might be up. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, like in the can for like a month and she gets mad about it, so. Woo, yeah, so. <laughs> Put them out now. Put them all out at one day. Yes. Yeah, well, type that into your browser. If you can't find me, just Google me. There's a lot going on out there. Yeah, and if there's and a website I, there, just uh, message her for some prints, and she'll get those out to you. That's right, everybody. Five cents? Since I'm not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the retro sale one day. One day. We'll do a retro sale. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, you guys are so fun. Thank you very much. You can find me at Funky Sam Medina, basically across the board. All my social medias are Funky Sam Medina. And you can find me on Instagram at She Shines For You, all spelled out. No numbers. No numbers here. No numbers. And uh, on Facebook, Athena uh, Rodriguez Comedy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Woo! Well, thank you very much, April. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you, guys. It has been all my pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs>